The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Good morning, hoop ballers, and welcome to another edition of Hoop Balls DFS Today. This is your Saturday. February 6th edition. Uh, I am your host, Santino Cocone, and I am here with our Saturday superstar, Aaron Asmus, uh, who you can follow on Twitter at Asmus Sports. How you doing today, Aaron? Yeah, I'm doing great. It's been, I think we've already over a month into the season already, and it feels like, mm-hmm. feels like we just started a little bit ago. So I'm, I'm enjoying the grind, enjoying um, just following NBA every day and just diving in into these slates. Yeah, and we got a big one here today. We have 11 games on the docket, on two, a two-game early slate, and then a nine-game late slate. Uh, so we're going to just jump right into this one. We have a lot of stuff that happened on Friday that are going to be big ramifications, and we're going to have to keep a ton of our, our eyes and ears out for all this news, as usual, but even more so. Yeah. We can jump right into this. And before we get started, though, I do want to shout out our guys over at MyBookie. Uh, the Super Bowl is tomorrow, guys, on Super Bowl Sunday. So uh, the, the MyBookie is one one of the play, only places I trust to handle my NBA-related bets. The only to be betting besides friendly wagers uh, <laughs> on the Super Bowl. And uh, baseball is coming up anywhere. You can bet on baseball as well. Uh, but... This get, I, I love my bookie, and I don't give out my stamp of approval that easily. So to earn it, you got to be the best at what you do. And my bookie is the best sports book out there. Period. Uh, it's as simple as signing up, enter the promo code Hoopball. That's H O L P B A L L, and get your deposit matched halfway up to a thousand bucks. So head on over to my bookie if you want to add a little ex- excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Bet with the best. Bet with my bookie. And I'm I was reading that over half of the United States. Uh, the people in the United States are betting on the Super Bowl. So uh, get in there and, and be a part of what seems to be a massive amount of people. Um, and then I also want to mention to you guys, our guys over at Manscaped. And it is almost a, uh, it's almost Valentine's Day. We are, what, about less a little over a week on Valentine's Day. And, and our friends at Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming, are here to tell you that you need to the best tools, the best tools for the job, so you can be ready for anything on that special day. Uh, two million men are already using Manscaped products to groom. Make sure you're one of them. Uh, and with the the Perfect Package 3.0, that's led by their revolutionary third generation lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, which has advanced skin safe technology and features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents you're gonna you're gonna love it down there uh it's also waterproof which prevents a mess on the bathroom floor and in the sink especially when it's time for cupid to shoot his arrow uh, you also get the crop reviver the crop preserver some manscaped boxers and their new and uh refined cologne it's a signature sent by man you get all this in the perfect package which is the perfect package <laughs> uh get 20 percent off and free shipping with the promo code hoopball20 at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code hoopball20, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, to Valentine's Day from your friends over at Manscaped. Uh, but Aaron, now we're ready to jump right into this slate. We'll start with a quick two-game slate here, and uh, we'll just 
we'll just kind of glance over both games. So we have the Portland Trailblazers at the New York Knicks and the Denver Nuggets at the Sacramento Blazers. Knicks start at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Nuggets Kings start at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So a big, big difference there in, in when the games are going to start. Uh, but though that's the early slate there before we get into the late one after. And on the over-under, we do not have a spread for the Blazers but on the Nuggets King side, we have the Nuggets as four point road favorites and the over under at 230, which is pretty big. Um, we will start over uh, on the on the injury report with the the Knicks. We have just on the people that aren't in the G League, we have Nerlens Noel is probable. On the Blazers, we have Damian Lillard and Derek Jones Jr., both probable. And then the usual suspects of Collins, McCollum, and Nurkic out, as well as Nasir Little. On the Nuggets, we have Campaza uh, and with Dozier, Gary Harris, and Greg Whittington all out. On the Kings, we just have uh, on the non-G League assignments, Dequan Jeffries is out, and he shouldn't be back anytime soon. Uh, so we have a pretty good idea who's playing and who's not. I expect yep. Jones Jr., Lillard to play, Campaza, uh, Murray, possible. Uh, those are questionables, and that's what we'll have to look for. But, man, let's start. Um, we'll just run down a couple plays on, on the high end. Who, who are you looking here on, on in the high end? We only have uh, four people over the – or three – yeah, four people over the 8K mark with Fox, Randall, Lillard, and Jokic. Your, your one or two guys that you'd go here. Yeah, so my initial feeling with this slate is to really target the Denver-Sacramento game. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have the Portland uh, – New York game total yet, but I imagine it's going to be probably like 218, 220, somewhere around that range and just a significantly worse game environment than the Nuggets and Kings. And as you said, only a four point spread towards the Nuggets with the Kings playing just way better basketball over the last couple weeks. Uh, so it should be a competitive game environment. And, um, Especially on the Kings side, uh, Walton has really figured out that the team doesn't have any depth whatsoever, and he's really riding his you know his top six guys uh, into huge huge minutes. Um, so the first place I want to look is at De'Aaron Fox at eighty eight hundred, which does seem like an outlandish price tag, but this guy he's just been he's just been awesome. He's taken he's taken another leap this year. From, you know, kind of maybe like a fringe all-star consideration to, yeah, this guy could be a, a, a franchise cornerstone type piece. And Walton has had no issue running him out there for 38 to 40 minutes. So in my mind, you know, on a short two games late, I want I want to wrap up. I want to wrap up all the minutes that I can. And this Kings rotation being so condensed with Fox, Buddy Heald. Harrison Barnes, uh, Rashawn Holmes, and Tyrese Halliburton uh, just having so such secure minutes. Uh, that's the first place I want to look. All right, and I like it, and I like Fox as well at eighty eight hundred. Uh, that's a that's a very good, fairly good price with uh, only two games on here. I don't mind. I like Randall too. I'm not going to target too much of that game on the Knicks side or uh, in the Blazer side with with Lillard back. He, Gobble up a lot of the usage that we saw everybody else get in the last game, and now Derek Jones Jr. comes back, and now it also takes minutes from those wings that we were able to look at last game. Um, but I, I like Randall in this matchup, and, and 9,400 with 
I'm not going to have much, much shares of Lillard just because I don't like I don't really like playing people against the Knicks. And he's yeah. ten three. If I'm going to go that high, I'd just go up to Jokic, who's also always in play. He's probably the safest guy on the slate, but you're also paying a ton of money for him. Um, but I don't mind the I like the Randall and, and Fox guys if I'm going a little bit more balanced type. Um, and I think they both have good floors. Robert Covington's a very good defender, but Randall has the size advantage on him, and he can use his wider frame uh, in there. And Enos Cantor's not very good at defending the rim, so uh, there's no trouble there, if, regardless of who's on him and, and where he's going. If he's getting or going, even Covington's on him in the post, and Cantor's on the on the weak side helping or on the strong side, there's not much that I think that. Um, is in the way of defense for him. So I, I like both them. And you mentioned a lot of reasons why I like Fox too. Just very good game environment. He looks awesome. Um, not a bad price tag for him either. Yeah. But yeah, they, looking they at the, the rest of these guys. Here. Yeah. And um, he would be the one guy that I wouldn't play up, up there just because, yeah. Yep. Um, but looking at all these guys in, in that mid-tier range, like uh, we look at Cantor at 7-4 all the way down to, we'll say, in the five, uh, we'll say to Bagley at five three. Is there any any guys that you're you're feeling good at at the moment? Oh, again, I'm I'm just not looking to attack New York's New York's pace. They just slow the game down so so significantly. They're you know ninety six point two four uh, in pace, which is last in the league by a significant margin. And they're also one of the better defensive teams. They're fifth in defensive rating at one oh eight. So they play pretty good defense, uh, pretty great defense, honestly, and they just slow the pace down to a crawl. Uh, so I'm not really, I'm not trying to play kind of any of the mid tier guys in this range. Um, I'm more, more so looking to the Kings, the Kings regulars, as I think all of them are going to be in play on the short slate, and also Jamal Murray getting getting him in this game environment if he does end up playing. Yeah, I like that too. I'm not going to play. Uh, a lot of these Portland guys uh, don't really want to play Barry. I think there is a lot of good options out there on the the King side. I really wish Buddy Hill wasn't seven K because it's a great great matchup for him. But right. you can look at uh, Halliburton at five nine, really good. Uh, is it Will Barton even on the other side? I, I think you're right. There's a lot of people on, especially in the second game. There's a lot of that game environment that I want to get some pieces to. Uh, so Monte Morris becomes pretty much a a rock a rock if Jamal Murray doesn't play so right. yeah there's a lot to look there and then if you if you do put some people on the other side because you're probably not going to play all eight on Denver and Sacramento uh, there are some a, a few guys like in, in the cheaper range that I would look um we can look at like Alex Alec Burks isn't bad um people like that maybe maybe Alfred Payton uh 4,500 the ebb and flow of that point guard battle is is never something that you want to fully dive into but one of them is going to have a pretty good game so might as well take a chance on the guy who's only 4500 yeah uh, I, I think i'm ready to to start with i think you want to if you playing that game i think you'd rather play knicks going against the bad portland defense than playing portland guys in the significant pace down spot against a pretty pretty solid defense yep and i'm pretty much with you all four teams with the emphasis on the later game uh, but man, I'm ready to go into this nice nine gamer that we got in the late, late round. If you're ready. Yeah, let's do it. All right. And this first game starts at 7 PM Eastern standard time. And it's the only one at 
everybody else starts at least an hour. Uh, we have one, two, three, four, five, uh, five starting an hour later, then one at eight thirty Eastern, nine, and then ten. Uh, but we have the one game that starts at seven, which kind of, if you're doing that initial lock, it's kind of eh. But we have a lot of, uh, we should get a lot of news. As well. uh, but this is a rematch of Friday night's game uh, with the Chicago Bulls at the Orlando Magic. Uh, and we have we do not have a spread for this one. Oh, no, we do, actually. It's 223.5 over under. And the Bulls are one-point favorites, which might change because we did see an injury on there. There's no one on either injury report because it's uh, they, they played on Friday and we're, we're doing this late Friday. Uh, but Lori Markkinen left the game early with a shoulder injury he looked uncomfortable for a little bit before he left so that's going to be big news to keep an eye on going forward that means and, and Otto Porter Jr. is out for the foreseeable future they said so we were going to go right to Thad Young who's probably going to draw the start next to Pat Williams or maybe Garrett Temple uh, draws the start or even Den- Denzel Valentine but we'll get there when we get there but let's start with the Bulls man who are you looking at in this matchup knowing that they might have their second banana out, and uh, Wendell Carter Jr. is already out, and Otto Porter Jr. is already out. Yeah, this is this is a really tough situation. Um, as you mentioned, this is the only early lock game, and I'm, as Saturdays usually go, there's always some sort of crazy news uh, that just dr- dramatically shapes the slate. And um, you know, we're what 20 hours from lock, but. You know, situations we already have to monitor. The Houston situation, if if Wall is out, is Deontay Murray out for the Spurs? Which Thunder are going to be coming back? Um, Joel Embiid was listed as questionable. Um, we did get the Kevin Durant news that he is unlikely to play tomorrow. So at least, at least we have some information. And then there's just always something that pops up later in the day. So, again, I, I think it's a little bit tough to know who to play in this situation because it's a great spot, especially with Lori Markinen out. Um, I, I think you know that you can go to, you can go to Thad Young. You can potentially go to uh, Daniel Gafford and all these guys become m- much better plays. Patrick Williams is going to have to play a ton. Uh, Zach Levine will get a, a pretty significant usage boost. Um, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit there because I, I want to leave optionality for the later games, but there's also I think there's also some positions we can attack here. Um, I'm not sure. What, what say you? Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking at more of the front court guys. Um, I do like Levine, and I think he has he's going to get more shot attempts, and, and he took 21 uh, the other night, and he took took more shot attempts and whatnot this night uh, and i think it, it opens up more for him so i don't mind the eight six but there are a lot of very very good plays on this slate so i'm probably not going to be spending eight six this early like you said knowing that things are going to change and we might get some uh, roughly right. a little bit more or a little bit less that we feel uh different about in a, in a better matchup so i'm not gonna not gonna go there too much but that young should draw the start without Yep. Markkinen's unlikely to play. Uh, no Wendell Carter Jr. He's been playing a ton anyway. Over Gaffer gets a start, and then he gets yanked after about 14 minutes. Uh, but no Otto Porter Jr. I think that Young is going to play start at power forward, and then they're going to shift. Um, and then, yeah, I think at 6'6", obviously the price tag's getting up there, but he still has room 
the, the offense is going to run a lot through him. Um, so I, I like him in this as well. But Garrett Temple, the guys that I was mentioning, Garrett Temple, Pat Williams, Denzel Valentine, all at their respective price tags. Uh, they're, they're pretty intriguing to me, like 4K, 4.4, and then 4.8, knowing that I think or at least Temple and uh, Pat Williams are going to play 30 minutes. And I think Denzel Valentine, uh, knowing that most of these wings are hurt or, and most of the people that he was battling with for minutes, I think he's going to see around 30 or, or so too. And at 4K, I think this is a good matchup for him. That's where I'd be looking in this matchup. I don't want to have two of them, but I'll take a stab at one or or, or different types of um, one of them in each. And, and depending on how many lineups I'll play, I'll, I'll go where I need to go and where the money works. Um, but I will have some exposure to the other side. Yeah, go back to Vooch at eighty nine hundred, knowing that the interior defense is really not there. Yeah, I mean that's you know that's again that's the other side of the side of this game locking an hour before basically every other every other game on this slate like how do you how do you fade Vooch off a seventy five burger in the same matchup against actually probably a better spot with no yeah. Lori Market in it's just him feasting on you know Daniel Gafford and Thad Young who's probably you know thirty forty pounds and four or five inches shorter than him and. Man, they, I mean, they, this team just doesn't have an answer, an answer for them. So it's going to be tough. We're, this is definitely a slate that if you don't have time to be at your computer at lock, I would not recommend playing. Um, uh, I anticipate we're going to be moving a lot of things uh, close to lock. So, I mean, Vooch, Vooch is an awesome play again, 8,900. So, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm a little, a little bit at a, at a loss for words at, at really what to do here because it's uh, I think it's I think it just ends up being a really tricky build. Yeah, and I I, I agree. Everything starts later, so all this moving and shaking that we get in a normal season uh, is there, and then you add in all the moving and shaking and the craziness of this season. Uh, you don't want to always lock in so early, but yep. I mean, I mentioned I won't. Uh, the 86 for uh, Levine this early, but not even watching Vuk, what Vuk did. It's just uh, the the matchup for Vuk is just crazy. At 89, I can lock him in there. Um, it was good last last night, and then now it just gets a little bit better. So I like him, and also I, I like Ken Birch at 4, 4K uh, for the similar reasons of why I like Vuk. Obviously, Vuk is the better player, but this is a back-to-back. Maybe he played 19 minutes, and the first one had 7, 6, 3, a steal, and a block. Uh, maybe he gets to 24 minutes in this one. And again, there's not much interior defense on this team when Daniel Gafford's not in there and he's barely playing. He probably will have to play a little bit more just out of necessity. But uh, that's a good price tag for a guy that is is going against people half his size. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. For the, re- for the most part, outside of a couple people, I'm going to go to the next game and the games after that. And this next game is Toronto at Atlanta. Uh, we... Do not have a spread for this one as of yet. And the Raptors are also on the back end of a back-to-back. So we do not have a <clears throat> an injury report for them. But we do have one for the Hawks. And we have Bogdanovich out, Chris Dunn out, DeAndre Hunter out, uh, Okungwu and Trey both questionable, and then Herder probable. Um, so we'll start with the Raptors who played um, – <clears throat> they they beat the the Nets tonight, who were 
mostly healthy for most of the game and then lost Durant. But uh, where are you looking at here? We see Van Vliet and Lowry now over the 8K mark. Uh, Powell is almost hitting the 7K mark. Uh, we also we we know OG is not going to be playing in this one, but uh, everybody else should be pretty much safe. Uh, can you yeah. go here? I, I think it's the usual suspects: uh, Fred VanVleet, Kyle Lowry, Pascal Siakam. Um, their their usage profile actually gets a little worse with Norm Powell in the starting lineup, as opposed to OG Ananobi, who's kind of just he. Uh, his offense usually consists of just maybe cleaning up points or you know, spotting up in the corner while Powell takes a far more aggressive ball handler scoring role than OG does. But these guys are still pieces you can just always attack, especially you know, especially in a pretty good matchup against the Hawks. Um, they're never priced to where they actually should be considering their minutes and usage. And, you know, you, you're getting guaranteed maybe not guaranteed but you're getting safety and what you expect from their minutes and their usage workloads so i think you can go here um if if you'd like in cash games but for me i i think there's just slightly better positions we can attack in in a few a few of the games down the line and um, for me i would rather play vooch in that first game than play any of the guys any of these Toronto guys. Um, so they're good, not great plays. Yeah, and I'm looking the same. I I, I like the backcourt if Trey doesn't play. I, I think just Vooch is a lot safer, so I'm going to go there anyway. Uh, but if, if Trey doesn't play, I'm not going to have a ton of exposure to anybody on this team. I, I just don't know if it's going to stay close. Without without Trey, the offense right. is just doesn't roll. Um they have pretty solid options, but the offense, he, he initiates the offense. You're not going to, Capella can't get his own shot. John Collins can, but uh, not fully. Uh, and no one else, they, they need someone who can score and get their own shot and then open it up for other people. So if he doesn't play, I'm not going to touch anybody on Toronto, uh, especially on the back end of a back-to-back. I just don't know. But if he does play, I like the backcourt guys because we know Trey doesn't play much defense. Um, but on the other side of the ball, man, where are you looking? And again, uh, we we know that we, there's some people out. Uh, we have an injury report on them. Trey is currently questionable. We should get the news probably after the first game, hopefully before the first game. But uh, where are you going to go here? Yeah, I think you go you go right back to the the, the guys we played on Thursday. Um, Rajon Rondo is unfortunately priced up to forty one hundred. But he almost kind of have run worse than he did. He went 0 for 7, did not score a point. But he still scored 19.5 DK points. So that, that kind of shows you his floor when he's getting that 28 to 30 minutes. That um, Especially when he's this cheap, it's just such such a good cash game play. So if Trey were out, I would lean Rondo as probably a, one of the best, if not the best, uh, value play on the slate. Um Kevin Huerter, if he if he's in, he he kind of takes on that secondary uh, ball handler playmaker playmaker role. Um, so I, I think he would be a f- pretty fine option here if he were in. Uh, Cam Reddish was relatively popular with everyone out in the last game. Um, not all that interested. He's priced up to fifty one hundred, um, and he's just kind of a, he's just kind of a guy. He's if he shoots well, he'll he'll put up a pretty good fantasy performance. If not. 
you know, he's he's just really reliant on his scoring and then his blocks and steals upside. And even with all of these guys out, he's not the focal point of their offense. So I'd probably pass on Cam Reddish. And then everyone else, again, just a little too expensive. I'm not paying 8500 for Clint Capella. Uh, John Collins at 7400 You know, Pascal Siakam's not a defender. I generally look to attack. And even without OG down in the paint, you know, this, this Toronto team is still a team I'm a little wary of um, targeting players against. So I think you go to the backcourt guys, uh, mainly, mainly Rondo, if Trey Young is out. Yeah, um, if Trey Young's out, I, I don't mind looking at Rondo at 4-1. Like you said, the price is not as great as you'd want it, um, but not terrible. And then I, I don't mind looking at looking at Herter as well if Trey Young's out. He takes more uh, ball handling responsibility and whatnot. Didn't have a great game in the last one and only had one assist in the last one without him. It started to turn really ugly uh, just for what seems like a lot recently when you're playing the Jazz. Um, so I don't mind going back to there. He still didn't – he hit value. He didn't exceed it greatly, but he still hit it. So I don't mind looking there. If Trey plays, probably just not going to have much exposure to much of this team. I just think yeah. all the price tags are pretty pretty good. And while they can hit value and there's still the possibility of exceeding it, for there's some people that I could see, I just don't love the price tags with so many – solid options on the slate that we'll continue to get to. Yeah, agreed. Awesome, man. Uh, let's go to game three, uh, or technically game five, but we'll be in game three in the, the main slate here. We have the another rematch. This is funny. We're getting a few rematches here uh, tonight, uh, but we have the Cavs at the Bucks. Um, I believe no, this tonight, the Bucks at the Cavs. We don't have an injury report because they both played on the back and or the first night of a back-to-back, but Kevin Love probably out, but he's getting a lot closer to be playing, so that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, and then we have Larry Nance Jr., who d- didn't play on Friday, but he could play on Saturday. It was back-to-back, so that makes sense. Uh, so we'll think about that. Matthew Deladova is still not playing, uh, so those are the people that we'd be looking at. But let's jump into the. Oh, and we don't have a spread for this one as well. It's it's a rematch of the same night. Uh, but let's jump into the the box side of things. Can you can you go back to we have Giannis as the second highest player on the slate at 11k. Can you go to him or can you go to the rest of these guys on this squad? Uh, the first game was very close for the first three quarters, and then Milwaukee started pulling away at the in the end there. You can. Uh, I'm just not going to go here. Um. It's, it's not a great game environment. Both these teams uh, are, are pretty good defensively. Giannis is really expensive, and I think there's just better spends uh, later on. And, you know, even a couple, even Vucevic earlier earlier at 8,900, I think is a better spend than Giannis on this slate. And one thing I try to really focus on is attacking excellent game environments with you know, in good injury situations where there's use, usage available for the remaining players to pick up. And it doesn't look like we're necessarily going to get very much of that in this situation. And we have plenty of games where we can attack much better game environments with injury situations. So the, overall, I think this game is more more just a cro- cross-out game for me. Uh, Giannis is always, 
he's kind of just been randomly not all that popular for a lot of slates this year. So if you want to go there in tournaments, perfectly fine with that. You know, he just he has the best upside of anyone in the league. Um, but for the most part, I, I just I, I think this is a game I'm 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 going to be avoiding. Yeah, for for me, I'm looking. Um, the the one guy I would be looking at is Giannis if I'm going to spend up that high, just because I, I know he he put up twelve and four the steal four blocks in, in the first game had twenty five shots. Um, maybe he doesn't play thirty three minutes again because that's just what Coach Bud does. Uh, but with Brooke Lopez there, you, his ability to stretch the floor takes Drummond, takes Jared Allen when he's when he's on the court. Assuming hopefully he plays thirty minutes too, uh, but his ability to spread the floor brings those guys away from the the basket and lets Giannis do a lot of damage down there. And they don't the other the people that are going to be trying to guard him on the Cavs side can't really guard him. Uh, but again, he's eleven K. There's a lot of good options here. That's a hefty price tag. To you're, you're pretty much asking for at least 65 points to bring back rock solid value in in tournament plays. So that's that's very hard to or, or to um, <clears throat> spend up there. Uh, but I don't mind looking there. Outside of him, nah, I think everybody's fairly price tag. Uh, I like Chris Middleton, but Okoro is probably the is the best perimeter defender on the team, and he should be guarding Middleton for the most part. I just don't. Um, I don't know how much they. Bud plays all these guys after on on the second night of a back to back, just beating them, and maybe they start early. He just uh, he's a hard coach to to peg down there, so I'm probably not going to have much exposure here as well with you. Uh, but what about on the Cavs side, man? Can you look? Can you run any of these guys back playing the Bucks again? Again, I'm just not really sure where you go. Like, you know, Andre Drummond, 7,900 is a tab we will, we would have loved to attack earlier in the season. But, I mean, just his minutes volatility is absolutely ridiculous. You know, in the last game the Cavs played, he only played 22 minutes while, you know, Jared Allen played 25. And, you know, I could I could see that just being the case as long as these two guys are on the team where, you know, maybe one game if Drummond's playing awesome, he'll get up to 30, 32. If he's not, Jared Allen will get that run. Uh, so both guys are really tough to tough to play. Um, you know, Torian Prince, I guess he's been he's been in a fairly consistent role since joining the Cavs. But I'm not really interested in targeting someone who probably guards Giannis uh, <laughs> and against against the Milwaukee defense. And so I guess you could go there, 4700. Um, everyone else, it's just like I I think we can spend our money better than targeting the the Milwaukee defense. Yeah, and, and I'm with you. I'm not going to play anyone here. Interestingly, uh, Drummond and Allen played 30 and 22 the first this game on Friday against the the Cavs, and so they played four minutes together. That's an interesting note mm-hmm. to keep an eye on moving forward in this game. I don't like you said. I, I like Drummond at 7900, but for the reasons I mentioned earlier, Brooke Lopez drags these guys away from the the paint. Uh, Drummond only got nine nine boards in thirty minutes. If you're play, if right. he's playing thirty minutes, you do not expect nine boards. Uh, but when he's not around the paint, and then Jared Allen got four in twenty two minutes. It's just a, a, a stretch five is not ideal for uh, guys who live around the live on the rebound, live on the glass. So I don't really like want to play them here. And I'm just I like you said, I don't want to attack the Bucks defense with a team like this. So I'm going to pass. Also, I'm pretty much going to. 
pass mostly on this entire game like you. Uh, but there is a game in the next one that we can attack, and this one also starts at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is the Spurs against the Rockets. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, <laughs> and we have a spread for this. It's 224 and a half, and the Rockets are four-point home favorites, shockingly enough. Um, on the injury report, this is going to be a little big, but we have the Spurs. We have Aldridge out. That should be, I mean, an older veteran with soreness who wasn't moving well before that and kind of had the hip soreness for a while. I think that's going to be a longer longer than it is shorter. I think maybe a couple weeks rather than a couple days. Um, that's just speculation. But we also have Lonnie Walker is out for this one. That's big. And DeHonte Murray is questionable. So that's so big and on the rocket side we have the biggest news of all christian wood is out we don't have a timeline on that but it did not look pretty so i won't um i won't put it past being a bit longer uh, dante exum or exum is also out and john wall questionable uh, um so big big news here on this slate uh but where can we go or i guess i could start even starting them so i'll start this one off on the spurs side of things I think we can look directly at Derek White at 4,700. Uh, mm-hmm. No Lonnie Walker. He should be in the starting lineup. At 4,700, I think that's pretty easy. He can get value, especially if Murray doesn't play. Uh, then not only is he going to start at shooting over, now he's going to start at point guard. And at 4,700, I can definitely get behind that. Um, on top of him, depending on if Murray plays or not, I don't mind looking. At Murray, but I think DeMar DeRozan at 7,200 is is a very uh, fairly good price tag here. He has very good ability, and if Murray doesn't play, he just takes on extra added responsibility as a shot or <clears throat> as a ball handler and a, a facilitator. So I like both of them. I like Pirtle's guy. I like, but at 5,800, you th- you think about. I know he got 40 points last game, but I think about 32 or so, 33 is where I would be expecting. Yeah. And that's still value, but it's not a ton of value. So uh, if you're in the 5'8 range and you're looking for a center and you just want a guy who can get you value, I like it. But if you're looking for an upside with that guy, uh, Pirtle is not there at this price tag. He jumped up a ton since the last game, and rightfully so, uh, but he's not there. Don't mind Kel- Keldon Johnson in this one, but P.J. Tucker is one of the few guys that he just guards the old he gets. Uh, so I think that the two guys that I'm really looking at are DeRozan and White, and um, it's gonna or Murray's availability is very big and very key on this team. Yeah, I, I think you said it. You know, this is they're missing two really significant rotation players, and kind of as I was talking about earlier, you know, these are the exact spots I want I want to attack. Uh, the first guy who stands out, Demar DeRozan at 7,200 who for some reason is 7,200, which is still (laughs) way too cheap for even if everyone was healthy in this spot. Uh, So I I think he clocks in at a pretty, uh, as a core rotation, as a core cash game play uh, for me. And just give you a little bit about his rates with Walker and Aldridge off the floor this season. He's up to a 29.5% usage rate and 1.34 fantasy points per minute, which is absolutely outstanding. Uh, Derek White, as you said, uh, they kind of been—they haven't really ramped up his minutes yet. You know, he's kind of been hanging around uh, like 21 to 25 minutes, but this will also be his fifth game back, uh, coming back from injury. 
So especially now that they need the minutes and potentially Deontay Murray is out of this game, I could easily see you know thirty to thirty-two minutes in this one, uh, which is just a great price tag for a guy you can plug in at shooting guard, which is always a difficult position uh, to fill, and for forty-seven hundred. So I, I think he'll be a pretty pretty key value regardless on this slate. And if Deontay Murray is in. He's finally back up to where he should be around uh, price tag wise, sixty eight hundred. But he also sees a really significant boost uh, with Aldridge and Lonnie Walker off the floor. Um, so I'm I'm fine just kind of st- stacking this game up, getting all all these ball handlers uh, in an okay spot. The Houston defense has been re- really good this season, but uh, you couldn't ask for a better usage context uh, on this slate. Yeah, and and I'm with you, man. Uh, but on this on this Rocket side, we'll, I'll start things off. No Christian Wood, Demarcus Cousins, sixty three hundred. Just mentioned why not just go to Demarcus Cousins five hundred more? We know the upside yep. is a lot bigger. Uh, he looks pretty when he's playing in a ton of minutes. Last time Wood was out for a little bit, he was getting a ton of minutes, and he looked good. Uh, even in the game yeah. when he shot like poop, he still ton of rebounds and he still dished out um, a very good amount of assists so it was i think it was 15 rebounds seven assists and he still got a couple blocks and 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 whatnot so even when he shot two of 16 he was still bringing you back over 36 fantasy points which hits value here so i'm gonna i think cousins is one of the best better plays on the slate so uh, i'm just going there and then depending on the availability of john wall uh, Victor Oladipo at 82 looks a little bit better and even better. This is a both teams play a little bit fast. The Spurs play are playing a lot faster, especially without Aldridge who kind of been slogging around the up and down the court. They're going to play a little bit faster, so uh, he's a guy we can look at Oladipo who continues to play on, play off. Same with Wall, but uh, Wall's availability is going to be there. If both don't play, or if both do play, um. They can both bring back value, yes, but I just think, as we've been mentioning, there's so many other guys that I feel more confident in at that price tag to bring me a bigger upside or have more chances to reach their upside uh, than them to if they're both playing. So I'm probably going to not have too many shares of them if, if Wall does play. If Wall doesn't play, also we can look at Gordon and, um, if you want to go cheaper, Daniel House, uh, Jayshon Tate. Not too much on Jayshon Tate and House, but Gordon more specifically at 58, don't mind it. So there's there's a few guys that I'll look here to stack against the other. I think Cousins is the one guy that is is definite definite in my lineup. Yeah, I I, I don't have much to add there. I think you nailed it. Um, play Demarcus Cousins tomorrow. You know he's sixty three hundred, <laughs> but if you're playing cash games, just play him. Um, the guy's upside and usage when you can expect twenty eight you know twenty eight to thirty two minutes is just absolutely absurd. Uh, the matchup isn't actually all that great against Jakob Pertl, who's an awesome defensive center and kind of one of the one of the few guys I think could actually match his strength in the post. But I mean the the boogie the boogie usage rate is just going to be too good. So I think I think you just lock him in in cash games and uh, in your center slot and move on. Um, <laughs> and you know you know that you know if Wall is out, Oladipo becomes. Another another guy we can really consider as a priority play. If he's in, then it gets a little bit hairy with Wall, Oladipo, and Cousins, which is just a lot of usage that needs to go around. 
So you could probably avoid if Walt is in. Um, and then the rest of the guys are uh, I just aren't priorities for me on this slate. Yeah, they're more of uh, if you fall around that range and you're in your last spot that they're not bad options to look at. Right. Uh, assuming Wall is out. Um, but let's go on to this next game, man. We are on the Minnesota Timberwolves against the Oklahoma City Thunder, and this is also a rematch of Friday night. All over the place. Uh, as we, you know, we don't have an injury report on either side because they played – they finished about two hours ago. But we we do know that Carl Anthony Towns did not play Friday, but he is going to be playing any day now. And uh, it might even be Saturday. Maybe they, they – I know he's been traveling with the team on their five-game road trip. I think this is their third or fourth game of that road trip. So he wouldn't have been traveling with the team if he wasn't almost ready to play. So that's huge news to keep out uh, keep an eye on. Uh, D'Angelo Russell has been uh, for a while now, he did play on Friday, but maybe he sits this back to back. That's just the way it, the way it goes around here. Um, but we'll we'll figure that one out when we get there. This is also starts at eight, so we should have that news. Uh, but Jared Culver is the one guy we know for sure is out. We have every, everybody was out. Uh, Theo Maladon was out for health and safety. Can't imagine he plays the night afterwards, so he should be out. Lou Dort looks like he's going to be out for longer. Um, a few more games, so I'm, I'm assuming he's out. He didn't play on Friday either. George Hill's not going to return. Uh, we have Shea uh, Gilgis-Alexander did not play the last two games. He may or may not come back. But they only had eight healthy guys on Friday, so at most they should probably have ten, uh, which gives a lot of people extra room. And we don't know because Al Horford had a good game on Friday, has not been playing back-to-backs at all this season, so does he play? Does he not? If they only have, if he's the eighth guy on the team, he has to at least suit up. Maybe they don't even play him, but he has to at least suit up so they have enough people to go. Um, a lot, a lot of to sift through. But let's start with with the the Wolves, man. Um, I can. I'll just jump right into this. If Towns plays and he's not limited at ninety nine against this Thunder team that's beat up. I really like him. I know it's his first game back. Yeah. Last time he came back in the first game, we saw when he came back after, what, three weeks from a, a wrist injury, he put up 54 points immediately. And then a couple of days later, he put up 52. So if he's playing in this matchup, uh, even if it's 29 minutes, uh, I like I like it. Uh, I don't think he'll play 29. If he's healthy, this team, so just, I just really like him here. Now, if he doesn't play, um, I mean – Everybody here, they're all in a. They're going against backups, but they also are a bad team. So it's kind of like a a, a wash type of thing. So I don't know if I want to. Uh, Reed has potential, but at six one, I think there's better options. Just put up a great game, but uh, I think there's other options we can go to. I don't mind him, but if Russell doesn't play, I'll look more towards Beasley. Uh, but if Russell plays, I think they're both gonna get their shots they have the opportunity but i'm not fully sold on either of them i'd rather go to to go to russell because he has more he gets more assists uh but yeah it depends on the injury report because i don't have too much interest on all of these guys if they're fully healthy uh outside of towns yeah um i think i mostly agree i think uh d'angelo russell at 7200 
uh, is another player I do want to attack. I ended up playing him tonight, and it was so incredibly frustrating in the first half. He was just in foul trouble the entire time, and only put up twelve DK points. And but he's but then he ends up finishing with thirty seven. So you, it's just kind of a it's just kind of D'Angelo Russell in a nutshell. But <laughs> the guy he's when especially when Towns is out, he he just commands such a big role in this offense. Um, he's maintained a thirty point three percent usage rate and 1.13 fantasy points per minute in over 322 minutes without Towns this season. So it's the offense just runs through him. It's just a matter of the dude needs to stay on the floor for 32 to 34 minutes to really, really exceed value. And then I'm willing to take another another stab at it, This, especially in these sloppy game environments. Um where you know the Thunder are essentially trotting out a G League team outside of maybe two, you know, two or three rotation players, and um, Russell really thrives in in transition and more in more of these sloppy games where he can get up and down and kind of take those pull up threes. Um, so I'm considering him in cash games. Um, I think he should definitely be in your tournament pool. Uh, everyone else on the Thunder. Or I'm sorry, on the Timberwolves, um, I think if Towns did come back, he would be tournaments only for me. But I, I definitely like that idea quite a bit. Uh, no one's going to go there. No one's going to play him if he is healthy. And then just everyone else is kind of just an avoid for me. I think it's just Russell if Towns is out. Towns in tournaments if he does play. Yeah, and and I like that too. That's pretty much where I'm going. And if both of them sit, then we can look to attack some of these ancillary pieces. But we'll we'll be there on uh, on the Discord to tell you where we like it if if they don't sit or. Side, we're pretty much in a similar predicament. Uh, if Shy doesn't or Shay doesn't play, then there's going to be a ton of value to go around again. Even if he does play, there's still a ton of value to go around again. Uh, I need to see the full injury report, but I think pretty much all uh, uh, to put it plain and simple, Isaiah Roby, 3,700 again. Maybe he gets to start at center because Al Horford is sitting. Uh, we have Diallo is, is now getting to 6K, but he's still, if he's the primary point guard on this team again, I mean, we can look at him, uh, but I think Roby best play at, at 3700 uh, if everybody if there's only eight people left again we can continue to look at uh, williams and miller just as pump plays 3100 and 4200 um yeah it, it depends on who's in and who's out but uh it looks like isaiah roby at 3700 if if they're back down to eight guys again is the easy play that i think everybody's going to go to uh, but there's still a lot of solid guys down there to to look at yeah, I, I think you just go right back to the same guys you played today. Um, I was on the unfortunate side of Horford versus Baisley today, even though they basically projected the same, but Horford outscored it by like 35 fantasy points. So that, that was quite a bit of fun. Um, and yeah, we will have to watch here, you know, if they do get bodies back or if they do get more players available. Um, maybe they do end up sitting Horford, as you mentioned a little, a little bit earlier. Um, if they, he does play for the first second night of the back of the back, I think he probably just ends up in that, you know, 28, 28 to 30 minute range again. Um, especially considering the center position is probably the one spot they actually do have depth at. 
with Muscala, and then they can move Isaiah Roby down to center as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you know that you play, uh, you just you just play all these guys again. Um, Diallo is reasonable, fifty nine hundred. Baisley sixty one hundred, absolutely. Um, it, it just kind of all all depends on news. Yeah, and and if Shea plays seventy four hundred, go right to him too. It, it's it we can sit here and go throughout all, all the scenarios. Uh, they're all pretty much in play. To, once we get that confirmation of who's in, who's out, then we can determine who are the best plays. But right now, I, I'm looking at all these price tags and, and looking at the possible usage, um, depending on what on what we know so far on the injury report and their tags. They're all they can all be in play right here. Um, but let's go on to another game that is going to be a fun one to watch. Um, and then this is the last game at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It is the Nets at the Sixers. Uh-huh. The prime guys in the prime players in the Harden sweepstakes. So let's see how that one shakes out. We do not have a spread for this one currently, and we do not have an injury report for the Nets, but Kevin Durant will not be playing in that one. That's what we're uh, so that's a big, massive shaker that we can go to. And on the Sixers, we have Ferguson, Mike Scott, both out. We have Ben Simmons, probable. Joel Embiid, as usual, questionable. And Seth Curry, questionable. I think he's. I don't think he's going to play. These are the big ones here, and let's start with the Nets, man. Knowing that we don't have one of the two, one third of the big three, it's just the big two now. Uh, who are you looking at? Where are you looking at? Can you go at the at? Can you look more at Joe Harris at six K? Since there are some people that we already mentioned six K um, do a lot more. Uh, can you look at Jordan Green in this matchup if Embiid doesn't play or if he does? And then save the best for the last the the big two. Yeah, um, it's it's tough because I mean there's. All these Saturday slates, they just had seemingly infinite good spend-up plays. <laughs> um, kind of the cop-out answer is, you know, we, we got to wait for what happens with news. You know, uh, if all if John Wall ends up getting rolled out, you know, then you probably want to prioritize Oladipo and you know maybe Eric Gordon um, at fifty-eight hundred over you know over Joe Harris who's six K. Um, you know if. It really, honestly, I I think that would be my response at this point. You know, it's no secret that these guys just become some of the best expensive spends when one of them one of them is sitting. Um, I think my initial lean would be to play Kyrie at ninety four hundred just for the little little bit of savings over Harden at ten point seven, uh, just because I, I want to get so many plays in on this slate and. Um, unfortunately we're, we're going to run, we're going to run out of money eventually. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I wouldn't, but I wouldn't fault you if you wanted to play, if you start your team with both these guys and then just fill in the value around it either. I, I don't think that's a bad route at all. Um, so again, my advice every week that I do on the podcast is, uh, really focus in, you know, write down the guys you want to prioritize, the guys you think are the best plays, attack the really great game environments. Um, unfortunately, this isn't a great game environment against for, for the Nets against the, the Philadelphia defense, especially if Joel Embiid is in. Um, 
but you know the I think the usage concerns do can outweigh that. So um, yeah, I, I guess the moral of the story is write down the plays you really like, and I think both these guys should be in heavy consideration for your cash pool. Yeah, and I'm with that too. Um, I don't without Durant. It, it depends on some of the other news. If I'm going to go to Joe Harris, uh, if I, I do like DeAndre Jordan, especially if they'll go against Howard, two couple slower guys. I just think that's a solid price tag for him, where he can bring bring back value, especially with no KD there. Maybe they play Jeff Green a little bit more at power forward, and then play them both together. Um, Kyrie and 94, you get that. 1300 but if i'm going to go and i keep calling them the super saiyan group on 10k and over um i i like harden the best i i know that might be different there's a very good matchup especially if mb doesn't play i like yeah. harden the best out of this super saiyan group i think simmons is going to spend a lot of his time harden gets the opportunity to do to do harden things and then there's also uh, the possibility that Kyrie also sits this game on the back-to-back. Um, I know he played the last back-to-back that they had, but he missed a couple of them earlier in the year, so that's something to on out for. Uh, and then 10-7 if he's just the only guy on the team and there's no Embiid. And we will get the news definitely before, uh, maybe after the Chicago-Orlando game, but af- before every other game locks, if Embiid's playing or not, if Kyrie's playing or not. But um, I just like, the, if I'm spending up, I like the... the- Durant, he's starting to gel a lot better, uh, mm-hmm. and he's starting to look like James Harden now. It, it, usually, when you when you just throw a bunch of superstars in in the at, on a team, um, this is what happens. It gels. He only took eight shots tonight against the Raptors. He's still able to put up seventeen, seven, twelve fills and two threes on just eight shot attempts. I can I can't imagine him taking another eight shot attempts tomorrow against his former GM who gave him everything he wanted and and now there's no Durant at all. So I mean I just I, I would like spending up there. Yeah, everybody else it's kind of and and him too it's kind of on the news because I won't need to spend up there if some of these other guys are are getting rolled out and you're getting high usage at cheaper value. Um, but what about or what about on the Sixer side, man? Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously it should be in. Pitt. Seth Curry probably out, and Joel Embiid. Um, you know, this is kind of a reason where I'm a little bit hesitant to just lock in Harden and Harden and Kyrie at ten seven. It's you know, if Joel Embiid ends up playing, you know, this is kind of the Yahtzee spot where you know the Nets are just seemingly giving up one hundred twenty <laughs> points, one hundred twenty points to everybody and. DeAndre Jordan looks significantly outmatched versus just <laughs> versus just about everybody. Um, so I, yeah, I, if Embiid was in, I think I would heavily consider him in cash games um, as my expensive spend. Uh, if he were out, I think Ben Simmons would become close to a priority play as well. You know, this is the Nets have, have been playing a lot faster as well, so it's a really really nice pace up spot for for the Sixers. Um, with Seth with Seth Curry out, um, d- depending on who starts, I think you can go to Shake Milton or uh, or Tyrese Maxey. Uh, yeah, I, I I think this is it's just heavily dependent on Joel and Bead how how many Sixers we want to play. But I feel fairly confident that we're that at least one of these guys should should be in our cash game cash game lineups. 
Yeah, and I'm I'm going to co-sign it. I know I just talked up Harden, but if Durant or if Embiid is playing and they, this knee soreness, I just hate him being on the injury all, right. all the time because it's always a question of it's not like LeBron James and AD are on the injury report. LeBron has played every game. Uh, AD missed a couple, but Embiid is just different. Every time you see him on the injury report and it's questionable, it's it's a little bit different. Uh, yeah. But if he's playing the the Nets interior D. It's just dog shit. So uh, it's, it's ten five. If he's getting thirty, yeah. yeah. If he's getting thirty five minutes, he's gonna put up a lot of points. So I I, I would go there too. Um, and if he's not playing, I really like Tobias Harris in this matchup, especially yeah. seven six. I can look there. Uh, Simmons, as you mentioned, is another guy you can look at. Um, then Chick Millen, him or Maxi should get the start. I don't think Cork Maz is gonna get the start again. They lost. Uh, they didn't start great with that, um, with what they do last. She should get the sport. really like it. Maxi got the start, 37, really like that as well. Uh, but, yeah, it's pretty much dependent on Joel Embiid. Is he in or out to where I want to go with the rest of this team and, and himself? <clears throat> yeah, and, and um, kind of to go back to it real quick, um, this is kind of the issue if you like a bunch of guys in their early games. Um you know, if you end up locking in Vucevic in the early, and then you're all you're already playing Demarcus Cousins. You know, you potentially miss out on Joel Embiid, or you potentially miss the salary if Joel Embiid was out. Where you can kind of load up on Simmons and Harris and Milton and kind of the rest of these ancillary Sixers guys. So, j- just something to think about. Where uh, if you're going to play guys in that early game, you know, you got to feel real, real confident that they're going to be uh, killer plays. Yeah, and play. We can also look at uh, Howard going against yeah. him and him and Jordan are probably going to go head to head at thirty nine hundred. He's also in play there as just a cheap, easy guy that can bring back value uh, pretty easily at thirty nine hundred for sure. <clears throat> but throw on teams, man. Well, we can run a little bit quicker we have another rematch not back-to-back nights but a rematch of a couple nights ago in the warriors and the mavs uh we i believe we do have a spread for yep we do have a spread for this one 230 which is tied for well i should say it's the the spreads that we have we only have three of them so not huge there but uh the mavs are four point home favorites and on the injury report we have mavs have nobody on their injury report after going through so much and the Warriors, we have Thompson, Smeljic, the usual su- suspects. And then we have Wiseman out, uh, Looney out, Eric Pascal questionable. And that's it for everybody who's up. But we'll start with the Warriors side. Um, and I'll, I'll, I think we can go back to. I know Brett is only 62, and he just coming off a monster game. Uh, Draymond Green jumped up to 6K. Uh, Juan Toscano-Anderson jumped up to 4-2. But especially if Pascal doesn't play, I think we can look at these guys again. It's the similar matchup. Uh, even I, I think they all play better uh, historically when they are playing more smaller. Like Ubre is much better. I said this last time too. He's much better as a power forward than he is as a small forward. I was playing a lot of the four last game out of necessity. He's also bigger than 
Richardson. JTA is only 6'6". So even though he started at power forward and they were saying he could play some center, he's only 6'6". He's like Chuck Hayes, uh, throwback there. But Oubre is at 6'2". We can still look at him. Uh, Draymond Green, 6K. I probably won't go fully here, but you can still look at him. 6K there. It's not terrible. I I just think uh, if I'm going to go 6K at center, I'm Cousins. But you can look at Green as a, a pivot play in tournaments. And JTA also at 4-2. That's not huge, especially if Pascal doesn't play. This guy played 40 minutes last game. He likes him. So um, even with Pascal, he should play 30 minutes or so as one of the few big guys that they play in the front court. I, I just like those three. I don't really like Pascal. Um, and whoever's playing power forward, the ability to stretch the floor for uh, exposed last game that he cannot guard people out of the paint uh, he just looked flat his he didn't look like he had any burst he couldn't move laterally so i think we can't attack these guys again yeah um it's just a little difficult to know exactly where you know i kelly ube will draw ownership just by you know his best game of the season by far you know dropping 40 40 points on 20 or yeah 40 points on 21 shots which is pretty incredible <laughs> and he's still a reasonable price tag. He's kind of in that Joe Harris, Eric Gordon uh, range of fifty eight hundred to six point two k. So that'll be a pretty pretty solid uh, decision point for us to make. And the Mavericks defense, you know, they've been really really struggling over the last probably actually kind of over the last month. But they over their last ten games. They are uh, they have a 120 defensive rating, which is last in the NBA. And if that uh, was prorated over the course of a full season, that would be the worst in NBA history by a significant margin. So everyone's just been teeing off on this Mavericks team as um, as they've been really struggling uh, just to just to defend anybody. So it's an excellent excellent matchup. Um, I think you can go back to. Uh, Juan Toscano Anderson at 4,200 if Pascal is out. If Pascal is in, I, I think both spots are probably in a void. Um, and then the rest of these guys, I, I want to play him because it's, it's an amazing spot. It's one of the highest totals of the, one of the highest totals of this slate. And the, the Warriors are shorthanded with a lot of their big men still likely to be out. So um, I'm strongly considering Oubre, Draymond Green again. Um, Steph Curry is it's, it's tough. Like, do you do you attack Kyrie Irving at ninety four hundred in a really difficult spot, or pay an extra three hundred for Steph uh, in, a, in an amazing spot against the Dallas defense? So that that's an interesting decision point. Um, yeah, I I think you can go these. I think you can go all these guys as well. The main the kind of the four main key cogs, and then Toscano Anderson if Pascal is out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and on the flip side, on the Mavs side, uh, I wanted to play Luca, an angry Luca, coming back after them losing. People are getting down on him at eleven one though. I don't fully know. It's just there's so much value out here. I don't know if I want to go that high. Uh, I think there's people in that Philly uh, Brooklyn game for a couple of less extra or less hundred dollars. Uh, that we can go to and feel comfortable with as well. 
again, he, he has the offensive advantage, but he's he can't play power forward in this matchup. If he's playing against a an agile four, he just didn't look good. I, I don't know. I know he's saying he's healthy, he looks good. He could not move side to side. He could not shuffle his feet. Uh, it's just it looked bad. And I hope Dallas goes big or small in this game and puts Porzingis at the five. Uh, he's just it's a mat- matchup nightmare for him on the defensive end. If he if yeah. he did what he looked like last, uh, and if they do go and put Finney at the four uh, and then like Josh Richardson at the three or or Tim Hardaway Jr. and then when one of them are out, you play a lot more Brunson. That's a guy I would look at as Brunson if they go smaller at, at forty five. He can he's one of the few guys that can get his own shot uh, and he and he looks good doing it. So I don't mind there. Uh, if they really do move to go in smaller, James Johnson should could be a guy. He can play defense um, all over. So at 34, I would look at him. But I'm not. This is a pretty solid matchup. But I'm not the only guy I really want to play. If they go smaller, is is Brunson? I just don't. Um, the way that they've been looking lately, they haven't gelled together. And the ancillary pieces, you don't know where it's coming from in a given night. Uh, and now that they're all healthy, it looks like they need a couple games to gel together. So I'm not gonna really go here too much with despite the game total which is yeah uh, I, I think you nailed it um i always want to play luca when the value is available um even though there's some really great spots i i don't think there's actually all that great of value on this slate i mean not all, not a whole lot of guys have really popped as just kind of must play plug, plug and play pieces to this point and I, I think we can just spend our money a little better than Luca, which does sound crazy. Um, but the Warriors are a pretty good defensive team, even though they're the second highest pace team in in the league. And Luca's actually been a little up and down during this losing streak. Um, he did have the one spiked game against Atlanta for 64 points. Uh, but since the 25th, when he just dropped that massive triple-double against Denver, he's been 45-45. 49, 47.5, and then the 64, and then 44.5. So, it's, I mean, that's okay, but it's, it's just not good enough when you're paying 11.1K. You know, you at least want to lock in you know, 55 to 57 points when you're uh, paying that, that kind of price tag. So, yep. Especially uh, on a nine-game slate. Yeah, it's a big slate. We don't we're not forced to go to go to Luca. You know, we have plenty of excellent spends on this slate. So yeah, I I think largely on a team that's finally healthy after all their COVID and injury issues. Um I I just see myself going elsewhere. Yeah, and I'm with you. Uh, and then we can jump into these last two games, man. Uh but, but right before I do that I do want to shout out uh, our guys at the the DFS pass, one ninety nine a month. Uh, you can get we offer, and as we've been mentioning a couple times already, the Discord, the best thing in the Discord. When we get all this late breaking news, we're all in there telling you uh, where we think we should go, answering your one on one questions and all that. If you are on the Discord, you know exactly what we're talking about. If you're not, uh, you should know what we're talking about. Eventually, with everything going on this year and all the late breaking news, it's very very convenient, and it's probably. Uh, the the best thing out there, uh, so definitely keep an eye on that. And it's only one ninety nine a month, pretty much nothing. Two bucks a month, uh, if you coffee that for one day, a small cup of coffee. That's pretty much it for the month. 
Uh, but now let's jump back onto the, the last two games. Uh, this one starts at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Grizzlies against the Pelicans. The Pelicans on our back end of a back-to-back, so we do um injury report for them we also we do have a spread it's 226 over under and the pelicans are two point favorites the grizzlies have jaron jackson jr justice winslow killian tilly sean mcdermott all out and brandon clark uh, brandon clark as questionable so that's kind of uh, but uh, i don't mind ja at seven six but i think there's better spots and i think yeah the way that this this cycle has played out with all this late breaking news uh, i think there's going to be spots around that, that price tag attack uh, and then with with Jonas valensunius and uh, grayson allen back if you were paying attention i didn't mention them on the injury report because they are back uh, but with their return it puts a damper on the rest of these guys that we've been able to play um so he's under 5k i mean we're not gonna uh, the anthony melton now Bain, Conchar, like people that I've liked, like Bain and Melton specifically. Grayson Allen coming back, even if he's not fully ramped up, but they took about an extra week to ramp him up. So he but even if he's only minutes from these guys that uh, they need to to be valuable. So I'm I'm honestly not playing many of these people at all. Uh, and then I look on the ball on the other side of the ball and I see New Orleans. These both these are two slower paced teams that. Yeah, like anybody in the Grizzlies. Um, yeah, you nailed it. Um, the John Morant, you know, if, if this were in the bubble or last year at seventy six hundred, this this you know this is a price tag we would be jumping all over. And you know, I, I've tried to play him a, a couple times uh, since the Grizzlies restarted about four games ago, and um, they've been involved in some blowouts, which has uh, definitely hurt his minutes upside. But even in games they've been. Uh, relatively competitive they he still is not getting you know the 37 38 minutes that he was getting in the bubble um so for me he's he's a guy i want to wait and see on uh, i want to see him get back to you know 35 plus minutes and controlling the offense and kind of just continuing what he showed us in the bubble um and especially in this spot where the pellet you know both teams as you said both teams are Slower in pace, and there's a lot of plays around this 7600 price tag. I, I think he's a guy you just avoid for now. Um, the rest of the guys, with especially with Jonas Valanciunas coming back, I'm just not all that interested in. Um, they're just a little too expensive uh, getting priced up in the games that Jonas missed. Um, and I'm this the Grizzlies just when they're all healthy are just not a team I, I generally like to attack. They're they're pretty spread out in their usage. Um, they they do end up playing quite a few guys in their rotation. Just just an avoid spot for me. And um, I'll start off with the Pelicans real quick because uh, mine is going to be <laughs> pretty fast. It's I, I'm just I'm not interested in anyone uh, on this uh, on this team. Second night of a back to back. Their rotation guys are finally getting a little priced up from where they were uh, a week ago. And just not a great game environment. It's just not things I look for when in DFS plays. There's there's no injury situations to take advantage of. It's a slower paced game. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna be, it's one of the lower lower total games on the slate. Um, I just I I think we can do better than 
investing in these guys uh, for this slate. Yep, and I think they're all priced up now. Uh, Zion's in the eight four range. On this team as more of a pivot play because there are a ton of options that we mentioned kind of in the 6K range is is Lonzo. I think he can still bring back value there at at 6K on the dot. So I'll be looking at him a little bit, but I'm not going to be overexposed to him. And the rest of these guys, I'm just just like you said, I think I can make this one just as quick. Uh, I think they're all priced evenly. Don't like the matchup too much. Second night of a back-to-back. Yeah, I think there's better spots out there that we know of already. And I think we can jump right onto this last game, man. And the Detroit Pistons match of uh, about a week and a half ago or so, where the Pistons won at home, surprisingly. But we do not have any injury report on the Pistons. They are also on the second night of a back-to-back. But we can say that Derrick Rose probably should be back for this one. He rested on Friday, so he should be back on Saturday. And vice versa for Blake Griffin. He played on Friday. I'm assuming he's going to sit on Saturday. Um, and then we have Wayne Ellington, who was ruled out on Friday for a calf issue. Might be ruled out again this one. That looks uh, pretty promising to for him to miss this game. Unless someone else gets injured. While we're recording this right now, they are later in the game. So we don't have a full idea on uh, what happened. But on the Lakers side, we have the usual suspects. Uh, Costas is out, Dudley is out, and Dave Ron are probable as they can't go a day without listing them, <laughs> whether they're probable. Yeah. They might even put just in on the injury report next time playing, but we have to put them here. Huh. But let's go to the, the – we don't have a spread for this one as well, uh, but let's go to the piston side of the ball, man. They beat them last time. Do you think the Lakers come out and just say, not not again, and just punch them straight in the mouth? Uh, or do you think the, the Pistons can play pretty well again? Um, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't think so. I, um, I didn't see I didn't see a spread out for for this game yet, but it's going to be one of the larger spreads, especially with Davis and James. Uh, actually, not on the injury report for once, which is crazy. Um, it, I'm I'm just never. Again, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep saying it until I'm blue in the face. I I want game environment. I want injury situations to take advantage of. And the Lakers have been the best defense in basketball by a significant margin. They play at one of the slowest paces in, in the league. Um, all the pith, all the Pistons are relatively healthy. Um, you know, maybe we get someone ruled out randomly uh, late, but um, all their key guys look to be back: Blake Griffin, Derrick Rose. Uh, Grant Plumley, right? So, I uh, yeah, this is there's just no reason to go here. Yeah, um, these guys either there's ability for a big blowout, um, garbage time points where they can all get. But who gets those minutes is is a different question. Jer- uh, Grant probably gets thirty minutes or so, uh, but he's still priced over seven k, and he's come down back on. Scorching down or crashing down back to get the words out. He's crashed that back down to earth at seven yep. one. If he's still playing thirty five minutes in a blowout, he can bring back value. But there's just so many safer guys earlier in the in the slate that we've been talking about that we don't need to go here. And again, we don't really need to go to any of these guys unless a lot of them miss. Uh, so I just think the Lakers are at home in this rematch, and they got surprisingly beat by double digits against the Pistons the first time they played. 
I think they're going to just like as I met, I said, do they keep it competitive? Punch them in the mouth. I think they mouth and punch in the mouth and then punch in the mouth again. Um, I, I don't feel comfortable going with any of the Pistons here. Uh, how about how about the Lakers side, man? Do you can you go at can you continue play LeBron um, confidently, thinking he's going to play thirty plus minutes or or AD or any of these other guys in this one? I guess. I mean, the, the issue here is he's all the way up to 10.3K when on the 25th against Cleveland, we we were able to get him for 9.3K. So he's not even all that great of a value anymore. Um, where And this is this is a spot where, you know, if the Lakers, as you said, are, they're fired up um, to, come, to go punch this team in the mouth, that they're going to look for every opportunity to get, get LeBron some rest and if you kind of look at his minutes totals, you know, they, they always talk about, oh, we need to limit LeBron's minutes, keep him fresh for the playoffs. But you kind of go down the line here, 35, 38, 37, 36, 39, 38. It's incredible. It's incredible yeah. how he's playing this many minutes this age and being this good. He, he's just getting better. Yeah. I mean, it's... But uh, I digress. <laughs> Um, he had one game against Chicago where he got some rest, 28 minutes, 38, 38, 30 minutes against the Pelicans. So, I mean, just if you eight of his last 10 games, he's just had to play massive, massive minutes. Um, so I'm sure they're, they're just itching to find any, any spot they can to keep him in that 28 to 30 minute role. Um, so I, I mean, you can always play LeBron. I, that's just one of those things where, you know, someone wants to play him, it's like, yeah, it's LeBron James, go ahead. But I, I think we can spend our money better. James Harden uh, is $400 more expensive. We've talked about a plethora of awesome, awesome, like 7 to 9K range plays. And the Lakers guys are, it's just a really binary uh, outcome for me. It's, is it a game I expect to be competitive and where I expect LeBron and AD to get full run pretty much no matter what? And um, I can't be confident in that in this game. So I'll, I'll be avoiding both guys in cash games. Yeah. Um, 10-3, I think there's – it's just the matchup. and Maybe they're not fired up, but they don't have to be. I think they're just going to just smack them and, and call it a night. And I don't – I can't – I can't trust – AD at nine six two. I mean, there's other guys there that we know are more competitive games. And obviously, the defense of Detroit is easy to exploit, but they they might be up fifteen points after the first quarter or going into halftime. So they don't need to extend these guys. Um, everywhere else, I, I I don't know. They're probably going to chop minutes if if it does get out of hand. Maybe you can look at uh, Taylor Horton Tucker at thirty seven because we didn't mention a lot of people like you said earlier. Just not a lot of people under four K that we can trust. Can't trust him either, but. I'm probably just going to avoid this game completely, which I don't. I don't normally do on a late game when I see 10 p.m. Uh, a lot of people tend to do that, and I'm not one of them. It's it's a good way to differentiate differentiate yourself from the field and GPPs. But this is just not an environment that I totally like. Uh, and then the guys that you can trust are very high expensive, expense wise. Yeah, agreed. All right, man, that's a good one. Um, this one's a, a little bit longer, and we usually are doing the the, the slates, or the high point guy that you like, and, and the low point guy. But I'll just ask you one guy: uh, who is one guy that you're playing on any price point, and, and why? 
Yeah, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be Demar Derozan at seventy two hundred. Uh, regardless of if DeMar- Deontay Murray is out or not, he's he rates as an absolutely incredible play with Lonnie Walker and Aldridge already ruled out for this game. Uh, it should be a really competitive game environment with the Rockets at only a, uh, as a four point favorites, and he has the upside if Murray gets rolled out. Basically, everything is just going to roll through DeRozan. He's going to be the playmaker on basically every single play. So, and the the tags is just too cheap for what he's done this season. Um, just in terms of being an overall stud playmaker, he's been awesome scoring the ball. Um, he should be like an 8.3, 8.5K player. So with with everyone healthy, honestly. So you're getting every, everything I want in a play. He's He's really cheap. You're getting usage. You're getting good uh, usage boost with with uh, significant key rotation guys out out of the floor. You're getting a good competitive game environment, and yeah, I, I think it's Demar Derozan. I like it, and I guess I'll throw in two there. I'm going to play Demarcus Cousins at six three. Uh, Pirtle's a solid defender, and but at six three, I mean this guy should be seeing thirty minutes without at, at least without. Um, Christian Wood and we saw what he did earlier without Christian Wood and he went on a, a bender at the at the very least when he shot two of 16 from the field and only scored five points he still put up 36 plus DK points bringing back rock solid value for you so I, I think he's very safe uh, and then the other guy we can go look at Isaiah Roby again especially if Al Horford doesn't play and if they're beat up again at 3700 there's not many guys on this slate that you can give 30 minutes to uh with uh, under 4k so when you see that under 4k 30 minutes i i like that too and that that's two people that play um center on your thing but you can't put roby at power forward <clears throat> all right man and before we head on out of here tell the viewers where they can find you on twitter yeah, I'm at Asmus Sports on Twitter, A-S-M-U-S-S-P-O-R-T-S, and I'm fairly active in the Hoopball Discord. Um, I, it's just the best place if you want to learn how to play DFS, if you want to pick our brain. Uh, we have a couple, we're, we're getting regulars, which which is pretty cool. Just regulars who are in the chat every day talking about their teams and different situations and um, if you're short on time or if you don't have the ability to keep up on news, if you just follow the Discord, you should have a pretty good idea of the key information that you need uh, right up to lock. So please join us on the Discord. And you said it perfectly, Aaron, and I think we could end it right on that. Follow us on the Discord and get our up-to-date stuff. Uh, this was a longer one. than We had 11 games here, um, so it took a little bit longer, but... I think we got through it pretty well, and and we have plays out there we like right now, and then obviously things are going to change, and more value will probably open up. But there's there's a lot to to look forward to already. Um, if you're in early type of, if you're if you like to take a real early look, uh, but yeah, check us out again tomorrow. I believe uh, Mike should be returning tomorrow. Awesome, and we get we get the talented Mike leading us through the promised land uh, and he'll be on with Chuck tomorrow night. So um, you're going to want to listen to that one as well. And we will catch you guys again next, uh, next week. So on behalf of myself, Aaron and the rest of the team, have a good night and, and or have a good day and good luck today, guys.
This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.